Welcome to The Thought Locker, a podcast that enables personal growth, particularly in the world of real estate, personal finance, and reducing our carbon footprint. I'm Andrew Duncan, and I believe positive individual change is the key to making the world a better place. Today we're going to be talking about how to read a builder's report, the make or break moment so often when when it comes to buying a home. Many of you will have experienced the feeling of seeing a home you like, getting excited about it, imagining living there, and then having your dreams shattered when you obtain a builder's report and find they're recommending what can often be tens of thousands of dollars worth of urgent work required to your dream home. It's usually a situation where you've scrimped and saved and sacrificed for years to put everything together to make up your deposit and now someone's telling you to spend massive amounts of money you don't have on a house you haven't even lived in yet. It's really natural and understandable at this point to throw your hands up in frustration and be ready to give up. While some problems are just too expensive or too scary for you to fix, what I want to share with you here are some tips on how to keep things in perspective how to look at problems and then approach trying to find a solution to issues raised by a building inspection report. Before I get into the tips though, it goes without saying that getting a builder's report is critical. It's it's so, so worthwhile. When you're looking at buying a home, it's not the time to be cheap or try to save money. My strongest recommendation is that you get the advice you need from professionals before you go unconditional, before you confirm your purchase. It's absolutely something that's worth spending the money on. In a hot market, you'll often be faced with a situation where you might have to invest in getting a builder's report before you make an offer. Let's say it's a a, a three-week tender or an auction process and you want to be able to bid unconditionally or offer unconditionally. You'll have to decide whether you're going to get a builder's report up front on your own. It can be hard to have the courage to do this when when there's a chance that you might miss out. So how do you know whether it's worthwhile getting a builder support done yourself? It all comes down to how much you like the house. If you've been looking for six months and this is the coolest house you've seen and you want to maximize your chances of getting it, then I strongly recommend you invest in a builder support up front. There is a chance that you'll spend that money and you won't get the house. But if it's the place for you, then I'd say that's the time to get stuck in and, and put your shoulders back and, and go for it. If on the other hand, you're kind of feeling a bit ambivalent you know you feel like hey this house would work for us it's not perfect but it'd be okay if we got it then that's the point where maybe you hold off and say look i'm going to make my offer subject to a builder support maybe you're not prepared to to put quite as much effort behind your offer so it really depends on the property there's no one size fits all approach right let's get into the tips tip number one prepare yourself before you start reading keep in mind that a builder's A building inspector's job is to go over the house with a fine-tooth comb and find everything that might possibly be wrong, or less than ideal, with the property. They can get into trouble if they miss anything, so they will be extremely conservative and they'll make a big effort to note any small imperfections. You need to keep in mind that they're not there to tell you anything good about your future home. As a first-home buyer, you are aching for reassurance that you are doing the right thing and you're not making a bad decision. You will not get this reassurance from my builder's report. Instead, reading any builder's report will seriously test your resolve to buy a home. So just keep in mind that they're only there to tell you the bad points. You have to remind yourself the good points of each home 
as you're reading the report and after you read it and as you're digesting that information. Tip number two, finding perspective. I'm yet to see a builder support that is squeaky clean, even for a brand new home. And that's 15 years in the real estate industry. Most reports find situations that are less than ideal and will cost thousands to change or fix. Yet at the same time, we see so many houses sell every week. So how does this all come about? Are these houses that sell all in perfect condition? Or is it that the buyers of those houses have come to accept that the perfect house just doesn't exist? I recommend that you need to ask the following questions when reviewing any comment made by a building inspector. Do I even care about this issue? Will it keep me up at night? That's a really important one. So sometimes you look at something in the report and you know it's printed in, in red bold um, print and it's got photos that look scary. Uh, so it's, it's important to try and put this in perspective and say, will this keep me up at night? Is this, is this normal? Is this a common problem? If I visited my parents' friend's house, would they likely have things like this happening to their house right now as well? Next up, you need to look at, does it need to be fixed urgently? Time scale is critical with anything that comes up in a builder support. Do I need to deal with it right away? Do I need to budget the money for it immediately? Or can it wait for one year, three years, or five years? As an example, I've lost count of the number of times I've seen buyers negotiate a change in the purchase price to cover the cost of an urgently needed new roof, only to drive past that house three, four years later and still see the same old roof going strong. When you are buying a house that is an emotional time and issues can seem monumental and expensive but once you move in you often find yourself accepting things just as they are and tell yourself why spend money on a new roof if the old one doesn't have holes in it yet you know it might look unsightly might have a bit of rust on it but until it's leaking what's the point in replacing it tip number three you need to learn to translate builder speak now being a building inspector is a tough job I, i really feel for them if they underestimate a problem they can end up with very upset customers They can't see through walls, so please understand that they will usually frame things in the worst possible way to rightly cover themselves in the unlikely event of a problem being bigger than they estimated. For a building inspector, they're always better off to overestimate the issue, uh, to cover all their bases, rather than underestimating it. So keep this in mind when you're reading the report, and don't hesitate to call and speak to the builder, as when issues are discussed verbally, they often sound a lot less frightening than when they're written down in a paragraph. You know, you see these reports and they've got a big red, you know, cross next to the, a particular issue and it's printed in bold, bright red print and that adds to the scariness of it. But when you speak to them in person, it often uh, will help you feel more relaxed about whatever the issue might be. Also, different builders will have wildly different opinions on the severity of the same issue. So if you feel like something is being a little over-dramatized, then getting a second opinion is often worthwhile. You may have people in your family with knowledge who, who work in, in a trade, or you may have someone who, who's a friend of a friend that you could contact for a quick bit of advice. A little bonus tip here would be to meet the builder on site at the end of their inspection to discuss and cite any important issues. It's surprising to me how many people don't do this. If you've got a building inspector going through a house at 2 o'clock on a Wednesday, move heaven and earth to be there yourself as well. There's so much value in getting their advice at the property so you can know exactly what they're talking about. So much more valuable than just reading a, a, you know, a PDF with really blurry photos later that evening. You're about to make a massive investment and it is worth taking an hour off work to get there. Tip number four, ask the builder for a price estimate. 
An inspector will often have building experience and they can sometimes provide a rough estimate of the cost to fix any issue found in the report. Not every builder is into doing this, so maybe check with the building inspector before they before you book them in. Say, look, if you find any issues, are you going to be able to give me a, a, a rough estimate of what this might cost to fix? It's a really, really useful part of the part of the process that they can give you this sort of information. Ask the building inspector, if this was your grandmother's home, would you change anything? What would you do to rectify this? How much is that solution likely to cost? Actually get them to quantify the problem or the concern that they have. How soon does this need to be fixed? Tip number five, prepare yourself for common issues. Many of the houses that we see in, in my part of the world, in Wellington, were built in the 60s and 70s. Often the roof will be original. Those old iron, <laughs> you know, corrugated iron roofs are pretty darn well made. Often a previous owner would have excavated a little too eagerly under the house and exposed more of the piles than they potentially should have. There may be signs of borer holes underneath the house or in doorways. Retaining walls may have settled or moved over time. If renovations were completed in the 1980s, then there may be Dutchquest plumbing, the infamous black pipe that likes to split when it goes when it has corner joints. So that you get these common problems with each age of property. So another good question to ask that building inspector is: Is this a common situation that you find with a house of this age? How often do you see this? How how concerned should I be? Seek clarification on how bad it is, whether it's dangerous how soon you need to get it seen to, and how much it will cost to fix. Most importantly, at this stage, remind yourself why you liked the house in the first place. And remember that all houses will have issues, especially if they're 50 plus years old, and it is often a matter of figuring out just how many of those issues you can live with. And it's a trade-off too. So you can find new houses that have far less issues, but they might not be in quite as good an area. You know, the houses that are 50 years old got their pick of sections when they, were, when they were built. So it's worth factoring these things in when you're looking at it. And just remind yourself, if a house has been there for 50 years, there's a good chance it's probably going to be there for another 50 years. When you're reading builder supports, it's all about keeping it in perspective. Talk to friends that have bought, ask them what they found in their builder support. It's easy when you're buying to have a sort of perfect idea on your head of what a house should be looked like, but in reality... Every house has some maintenance upcoming, has some issue that needs to be fixed over the short to medium term. In conclusion, I hope that helps you on your journey and helps you through the process of reading a builder's report. I'll link to a couple of the building inspectors that I've personally used in the show notes that, that cover the Wellington region and a couple of areas where you can find more information about builder's reports online. I think the key message here though is keep things in perspective and make sure you try and be at the property with the building inspector when they go through. And definitely invest in your own builder support if it's a house you really like. When it comes to buying, do it once, do it right. 